For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. I am so happy today because we're doing something a little different and a little strange for us, but really fun. First of all, I'm welcoming Anna Crafty Pierce to be my co-host. Hi, Mom. Glad to be here. And we're also going to be talking about hymnals, which is one of my favorite topics, and poetry, which I used to not like and now I love, and music. And we're just kind of wrapping all that up in a big bow about how, because we are in a whole series on how to help your kids learn to read and how important it is to have great vocabulary when you grow up to be an adult and how that makes better successful human being. So anyway, this is a really fun episode, but I'm going to tell you a secret. We're usually in two different places when we do these shows. And today we are sitting right next to each other, sharing a microphone, bumping elbows, quite literally. (laughs) (laughs) So for us, it's kind of a different energy and kind of exciting and different. And, and, oh, by the way, the two, our two, two of our favorite readers are in the other room. Anna's little kids are just starting to sound out syllables and all that fun stuff. And uh, so they they're, they may just come in here and bump into us, too. That should be interesting. Okay, Anna, where do you want to start, hun? Oh, with hymnals, of course. So I have, sitting right here by me, a hymnal you gave us. <laughs> I've got and, a matching hymnal and with it, me. It's, it's interesting because I just pulled a random one. Yeah, we do. We pick the same hymnals. Yours is an earlier edition, it looks like, just looking at it. Um, I just grabbed the one that was on top on the pile, and it happens to be the one that you gave my husband. Aww. Because she didn't just buy a hymnal for our whole family. She bought one for each of us and then wrote to all of us in the front. So this one, I'm going to read the inscription because it's so dear. When I opened it up, I actually teared up. It says, dear Drew, that's my husband. May you lead your family in courage and confidence ever towards the throne of the mighty. I am much love Kathy. And she gave it to us the year Jason was born, my little son. So, um, so they both, and then eventually my daughter got one too, of course. Um, But So in talking about reading and using hymns and music to encourage your family, I just, that was so beautiful to me. And she put her message, my my dear mom put her message of what she desires for our family in the front of a book that's just full of generations of the goodness of God in words. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And you know, I'm the most musically challenged person on the planet. So it's kind of comical how much I love hymnals. But of course, the words really resonate with my heart. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. When you teach your children to follow the dots, I, that's got to be good. Now, when Anna was on the show and we talked about comic books, another one of my least favorite things ever, she can, she persuaded me to love comic books. And one of the reasons is because comic books teach your children, who, especially 
any children that are averse to reading. Uh, I learned from Anna, my <laughs> educated daughter, that comic books help teach your child to look and think sequentially, which is an important skill for reading. And I want to say, Anna, don't you think the dots on a hymnal will do that too? The staff, like whatever you call that stuff. I'm most trained in art education more than any other type. So for me, music is less audio than it is visual. And same thing with comic books. They're extremely visual and very much involve both of them spatial reasoning. Oh, yeah. Which um, I find is often in young men. When I get dear boys in my classroom, a lot of them are very strongly gifted in spatial reasoning. Oh, that's interesting. Which is just an, an interesting nuance. And not that girls aren't gifted as well, but when you're looking for a very wiggly little boy's strengths, I often find that one of them is spatial reasoning. So I have a question for you. Does that mean that when you're a spatial reasoning person that you're going to be better at following the dots on the musical? Like, is that called the staff that those four or five lines at the top? Yes, that's the staff. And I don't know if they go together for anybody else on the planet except myself. Okay. Because I haven't studied this in depth. But for me, learning music and being very visual and not very audio at all, um, I found that music theory was very engaging because the dots are all related by space and by line. Oh, yeah. And that is very, very highly visual. That's the only thing in music I understood. And, and I just, if you're listening in, we want to thank you for being with us today. And I want to mention as Anna's mom, in spite of the fact that I'm musically challenged, she turned out to be a really nice flautist and also that other piccolo. Yes. So that was kind of surprising to me because I didn't expect that. But so I think there's hope for your children, even if you don't understand music very well. And we did a whole a podcast on musically challenged mommies. So be sure and look for that, especially if you're like me, you're wondering what to do. Anna, I don't want to forget to mention, also look for our comic book podcast about how to use comic books. And we're going to mention this one that, so Drew and Anna love to read to the kids every night out of the Bible. And she's holding the Action Bible today. Tell me the guy's name again. So his name is Sergio um, Cariello? Yes. Cariello? Good job. He sure. was originally from Brazil. It says in the back, it's a really interesting, his story is very interesting in the back, but he's a comic book artist who's worked for Marvel and DC. And he also has a degree though, from the word of life Bible Institute. And he joined forces and created the whole Bible in comics. Okay. And on the back, it has his thing. I'm just giving him a little ad. His deal is www www.theactionbible.com. That's enough advertising. You know, <laughs> nobody pays us to sell stuff. Anna and I just like to share. If you're teaching your kids to read and it's, especially if it's a struggle, we kind of get that. We both were slow readers. And then we developed into these people that just consume mountains of books every week. So we know it can be, it can happen if you're a mom that's a little discouraged about that. We want to encourage you. Did you know that teaching your children to um, have a great vocabulary actually helps them be successful adults? And so I keep quoting, there's a new guy. I just, he's not that new. I mean, he's probably grown up, right? But his name is Graham Scharf, I guess. C-S-C-H-A-R-F. His book is The Apprenticeship of Being Human. I'll put links to all these in my blog when this comes out. But let's talk about hymnals now. That's enough to spreading other people's success, you know, <laughs> and, and I want to hear your quotes and Bible verses. Cause I love oh, it when you do that. Okay. So while you find what you're going to quote, I want to mention, we wanted to talk a little bit about how, um, hymnals 
can help you respond to other people's needs, how you can use them to teach your kids to interact with others lovingly. And one of the things I love about in our family is quotes. We latch on to beautiful wisdom that's memorable from other people and adopt it. And that's very much my mom's influence. But in my life, that didn't take the form of quotes in words alone. I remember quotes better when they're to music. So in my heart and life, every person related to me has a hymn that represents them. So in some of them, it's because that they said it was their favorite. And some of them, it's just what I love. So you have one, mom. You want to know what it is? Yeah, I'm dying to know. Every time I sing um, Children of the Heavenly Father, I think of you and I hear your voice when I sing it. I love that hymn. And, you know, Grandpa Uh is... um, Oh, goodness. Scandinavian? No, the old rugged cross. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And grandma is what a friend we have in Jesus. Ah. And Meemaw, my dear, your mom, who didn't yeah. become a believer till later in life, but she has a hymn for me, even though I never oh. asked her her favorite. Every single time I hear, this is my father's world. Oh, yeah. Because she was a geologist and she loved nature. And I just know that God planted that love in her heart. And I hear her when I sing that song to my kids. So... I don't know if that makes sense when I'm saying that you teach your kids, if hymns can teach them how to love others well in that way. But for me, every time I sing a hymn, it encourages my heart to love others because I hear all those people who have loved me well. I love that. That is so (laughs) sweet. You know, what's really interesting is I didn't know Children of the Heavenly Father till I became an adult. And it was one of your dad's favorite hymns. It's just a little, like a little lullaby. So we sang it to you girls. And that's why it became one of my favorite was through him and also Bible study fellowship. They use that hymn a lot in that group. Okay. I have a couple quotes for you. You want to hear them? Yeah. I'm having a hard time. I feel like I should do a confession. So one of the things we think music does is it helps you be a responsive, a responsive person. So being responsive means you respond to others needs. And so we made up a, our own, you know how we love to make up our own definitions. Our own definition for responsive is committed to listening, pondering, and praying before acting on behalf of the best interests of all involved. And the reason I said that is because we are living in kind of a codependent culture now where people want to help each other, but they don't necessarily help in a way that leads to responsible adulthood. And so I thought that was a great way to just say it again. Okay. So responsive means committed to listening, pondering, and praying before acting on behalf of the best interests of all involved. And I put all in that definition because sometimes in families, the mom can feel like she's helping and serving everyone else. And then her needs get uh, go unmet. So it isn't just about other people. It's also about making sure that your needs are getting met too, mom. If you're out there working so hard, we want you to know that we really support you. If you need to take a break for a minute and think about yourself a little bit. I mean, obviously we don't want to be selfish or whatever. Okay. But Anna, I have a confession. Oh, good. So thinking about responsiveness and what that means, I thought I pulled a verse. I mean, a quote from Loretta Lynn. But And it's a great quote. I'm going to read it, but it's so funny to me because I just realized her name is Loretta Lynch. I have no idea who this is. Oh, well, (laughs) let's hear what she said. I don't, I do not usually quote people. I have no idea what they are or or do or who they, who they, how they define themselves or any of that. I have no idea who this lady is, but she's not a musician apparently. (laughs) 
I thought I pulled one from somebody musical. But every American expects and deserves the protection of law enforcement that is effective, responsive, respectful, and most importantly, constitutional. So hmm. after the show today, I'll look up Loretta Lynch and find out who that is. I did bring you one from somebody who was a uh, well-known theolo theologians and musician. Next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. That's from Martin Luther. Isn't oh, that great? That's beautiful. Yeah, the great Lutheran founder of Lutheranism, Martin Luther, and he loved the word of God and also music. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at Toginet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations, life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, 
We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where truth and Texas twang meet. I saw miles and miles of Texas. Hey, welcome back. Anna and I are having so much fun today being together in the same room that we're kind of losing track of time. So Anna, I'm going to start with a Bible verse, Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I just love that command of one thing we should do from Ephesians. And then I wanted to ask you, and then I want to talk a little bit about the rhythm of poetry, but I want to ask you what your favorite hymn is. I love to tell the story. And and if I start to talk about it, I will actually tear up. Well, let's don't cry. <laughs> I mean, this is just such a fun episode. I don't want to cry. It's because when I sing and particularly when I start to do hymns, I it'll music allows me to access my emotions. Yeah. And and my heart and the inner part of who I am more easily. I love and, that. And it'll it the, the definition that you gave of responsive, I become more responsive to God's spirit when I am participating in sound and song, even though I myself am not very musical at all. Wow. It, I'm so thankful for all those lessons and all the years we invested to get me to where I could understand music. And, you know, I keep quoting the apprenticeship of being human guy, but one of the things he t- talks about in his book is if you give your children the right vocabulary when they're between zero and three years old, up in, you know, that's preschoolers then they can access their emotions easier. And that means they'll be able to connect with other people. So you're raising a really good point. If music helps us access our soul better to ourselves, it makes it easier for us to share our authentic self. So can we switch gears and talk a little bit about rhythm? Yeah. Okay. So you know how I feel about this. So I'm a late convert to poetry. I never cared for it as a child. They made us write it in a It had big vocabulary words that I didn't understand. I've never been a rhythmic person. I am a self-proclaimed dorky person. If there's a way to trip on stage, I'm going to do that. Every time I speak, I know that's part of the program. (laughs) So I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm just, that's how I'm designed and I'm comfortable being kind of klutzy. But once I understood that that rhythm would help my kids have a better love for music, I began to really incorporate poetry into what I was doing with the kids. And lo and behold, I turned out I love poetry now myself. So I'm just going to recite because I don't have to sing this. <laughs> Bees the bus, the bouncing bus that bears the shopper homeward. It's fun to sit in back of it, but seats are better forward. Although it's big as buildings are and looks both bold and grand, you have to stop. It has to stop obligingly if you, <laughs> but raise your hand. So that is a perfect example of a verse, a, a poem I learned just saying it over and over and over to my children from this little book. And it's by Phyllis McGinley. It's in Poems to Read to the Very Young, which we have actually found this. It's published by Random House Books. We have found this um, online used, and my mom has bought a copy for all her kids because it was from her childhood and we all of us can recite four or five poems from this book. Yeah. So, but the, here's my real point. I, we do love this book, but my real, but the, the bottom line for me is once I understood that the rhythm of poetry would help my children do better in reading and also help them understand and possibly be more musical than their mother, then I started really loving poetry too. And so we do, we did beautiful poems like uh, the one about Hiawatha, William 
Wadsworth Longfellow. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite. Paul Revere's Ride. So I just want to share that with you. If you're struggling to help your child learn to read, one thing you can do before they ever get to be reading age is you can start reading these poems to them and the rhythm of them will make them more musical and more in touch with their emotions. And as a bonus kind of benefit, my son loves to pick up a book he's essentially memorized because he's had me read it a million times to him. And then he, quote unquote, reads it because he has all that wonderful vocabulary he's already memorized and he follows along with the words. And essentially all the words in the book have become sight words. I love that. And that's helped him get confident as a reader. I love that. And then the more you do that together out loud, the more your younger children will pick up on words like syllables. They'll begin to understand that words are broken into syllables and then they'll begin to pick up on what those look like, the symbols that you see on the paper. I also love um, repetitively reading stories or singing out of a hymnal, a real paper hymnal with as a family because you have to share. And as we're talking about being responsive and learning to love each other, reading over a shoulder together, sitting side by side, the same thing following along with your eyes, all of those things are really good for us as humans and as a family. And they're, they're not, these are not hard things to do, but we do have to turn off the TV long enough to do them. That's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Especially at our house because my husband loves television. He loves storytelling. So I have to remind myself that television is one way people tell stories. Um, And that helps me because, you know, I'm a bit such a fan of literature over television. But anyway, I just wanted to, Uh, Not to get off on that, but to say, if you're listening today and you're wondering, what can I do with my child who is a little bit maybe averse to learning or maybe they're learning to read or they're uh, so young, it's a little bit early. One thing you can do is practice rhythm with them. And rhythm is also part of what poetry does. So teaching your child to, to no poems just by reading them over and over again and, and clapping and having fun with them. On a sorry, <laughs> I know it's just such a fun episode. I'm just kind of too excited really to focus. Uh, but anyway, one thing I think works well, and we did quite a bit of this. I love musical instruments and I never could play any of them. So I bought tambourines and all the little bells and whistles that they sell for children's like you know, elementary school band, the little blocks and the sticks and all that. And we would parade around the room when the kids were little, um, just like, I mean, I was the biggest fool on earth. I was the head cheerleader for the band and we would just parade around the room, stomping and clapping and, oh, it's so much fun. And it made it really obvious when we got to an age where we knew real music yeah, to, to take our music on the road and volunteer at some of the local nonprofits when they needed music for events. We're going to do some, we're going to talk a little bit about volunteering and teaching your kids to be lifelong learners. So you, I don't know when that episode will come out, but we've got it on the books to record it. So look for that one too, because volunteering is a big thing. Yeah, that's a good point on. I'm glad you brought that up. Another wonderful reason to teach your kids hymns and to sing them over them, besides the blessing of it literally being a blessing you're singing over them, a prayer to God, is they in turn may write music for you. There's certain ages. My daughter walks around the house with her dollar store ukulele strumming (laughs) and making music. And it's so dear. It's this mashup of hymns we've sung over her whole life and the songs she just learned in her Spanish class, which I'm so thankful for her Spanish teacher so we can speak in multiple languages. And 
all set to the tune of whatever her favorite um, cartoon character of the moment is. <laughs> but as she gets a little older, she's starting now to sound out words and to spell. And so I cannot wait. My next project with her this summer is going to be encouraging her to write songs or to write oh. a poem and, and to put those things down on paper so she can practice them over and over again and give them to other people. I love that. And you mentioned something at the break I wanted to come back to before we close out the show, and now I'm going to forget what it was. It had to do with rhythm and um, teaching your kids to read. What was it, Anna? It, it, it was, I know you shared your favorite. I asked you about your favorite yeah. verse. I have oh, one yeah. other story. Just It's just a quick thing. Okay. One of my fondest memories, my grandmothers were my best friends. I was blessed like that. And I, I actually pray when dear friends of mine now become grandmothers, I pray that when they die, their grandchildren will lose their best friends um, because it was such a blessing in my life. But I have this vivid memory of pulling out my flute. My grandmother sat down at the piano with a hymnal mm. and I got to pull out my flute and we played all her favorite hymns. I mean, I think everybody in the house was so thrilled when we were done because we didn't play mm. one hymn or two hymns. We played all the verses to like 10. <laughs> oh, that's what we, that's what it was. It had to do with the the hymns that we sing and we we forget their hymns like oh, the, yeah. the national anthem oh, you mentioned that we got to sing it in a full orchestra because our wonderful local orchestra that I'm so proud of they opened the concert recently that I got to be at with the national anthem and I mean everyone got to their feet and we sang it and I I cried. I looked over at my sister and was so relieved when she was crying too so I wasn't alone. Mm. It was beautiful and it's such a a dear thing to be present in a big group of people to all be passionately sharing this common love of something with music. It was such a blessing. And then the thing that we want to remember to tell our kids is that's a hymn. So while we're sitting there at this concert that has to do with uh, all these Texas songs and traditions, they play our Texas hymn with our, our state song, which is Texas, our Texas and in the second verse, because they're not singing the words, right? It's just the orchestra. I realize that's a hymn and a prayer. So you may have hymns in your life that you're not even aware they're a hymn, but it, our national anthem is a hymn and a prayer, as is the state song of Texas. And probably wherever you are, your state song may be too. We're going to run out of time, but I, I just want you to know if you love music and you're gifted at it, please share it with people that are musically challenged like me. Like never be afraid to stand up and sing. It's such a beautiful thing. We were thinking of the sound of music when they sing Edelweiss. Our culture has had so many um, disunifying, dividing, divisive kinds of conversations in the last little while here. So thinking about ways we can unite our culture, music is one beautiful way to unite people. Anna, you have anything else you want to say before we have to say goodbye? No, I'm just thankful I get to pray to God and sometimes it's in song. <laughs> well, okay. So all of the things we mentioned today, all these things that we love, nobody pays us to sell them. We just want you to know that they're out there if you need them. And you can find all that at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. And I'll put all this in a blog for you. If you if you have friends that have young children, I hope you'll share Anna's beautiful thoughts about that. And we want you to know we love you. This is Truth with a Texas Twang, and we love you. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang.